everybody. Welcome to A Dark Tale, Metasode number two. My name is James, and with me always is that man who periodically deposits razor blades into his piggy bank, Joe. Hey, hey, hey. That's a sharp line. <laughs> well, I mean, it's to, it's to you know, instill self-discipline. I've seen you do it. It's a good technique. Because how else are you going to save pennies? <laughs> yeah, tonight... First of all, happy Memorial Day to everybody. Happy I mean, Memorial Day. It'll probably be a little late once it's out, but that's when we're recording. And uh, tonight, uh, we're just taking care of some more business. Um, we're actually going to be taking a break from releasing new content, but... We just came back, though. We just came back, but we're, uh, we're a little sloppy on our end. Yeah, we are. So, we're going to get ourselves together and... Hopefully, I'm shooting for uh, the middle of August. We'll have some fresh content, and we'll be releasing on a more consistent basis. Um, we kind of jumped into this head first with little to no preparation, but that's kind of how I like to do things is just get my hands dirty and then yeah. move forward as necessary. Yeah, and we, we just got to... We got to... When we... Yeah, we're just going to start building up another backlog, just like we did the first time around. That way we can start releasing... Continue with the backlog. Yeah, exactly. We can continue it, and we'll just send out... You know, that way can we, we can maybe get on a weekly basis at that point. We made the mistake... That was our goal. Yeah, we made the mistake of releasing two episodes that we had recorded before we recorded anything else, mm -hmm. and kind of been tripping over ourselves ever since. So, in that light... We want to uh, continue, you know, we're still going to be active on the social media platforms. So uh, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter. But uh, at a dark tale, we think Facebook is evil. So we don't we don't mess with Facebook. Hashtag delete Facebook. Facebook is uh, bad for your brain. Twitter's probably not that much better right now, but we're, it's where we're at right now. So Twitter we'll is a more direct line of communication with mostly other podcasters right now but yeah. i'd really like to start engaging with the fans or the listeners rather and if uh, you guys are out there please feel free hit us up well they're start not going to with us if we're not if we're not putting out episodes but yeah they well, but they're gonna miss the they're gonna yeah i know but they're gonna miss out on sweet content like this top five we got coming up yeah we got a cool top five coming up to send you off for the summer and <laughs> You know, hopefully... Uh, we're not going away for the whole summer. That sounds like we're no, going No, no. Matter of fact, we're not, going away. we're not going anywhere. We're doing just the opposite, as a matter of fact. We're going to continue to record, research. This is going to be a, you know, it's not summer break by any means. Yeah, You're just be, not going to be hearing our voices. Yeah, let's That's be real. All. This is episode six. I don't care what you people think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're we're doing it our our way. So if um, no, but seriously, we love we love the fact that there are listeners out there. We're seeing the the numbers grow, and we really appreciate all the um, the love. Yeah, and it is it is still better than expected. I joke because I'm because I, I kind of want to separate myself from it just because I want to fix uh, focus on. We production. had a big spike. Yeah. From 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 day one, our our numbers really, uh, they haven't slowed downwards. Yeah. That much. I got a little nervous. Yeah. So it's it's kind of intimidating. We're totally new to this whole thing, but I do want to hear from the listeners. 
So if you are out there, reach out, start a conversation. You know our email, darktailpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, a darktail pod. Reach out, man. Hit us up. Start a conversation. Ask a question. Tell us about your hometown story if you have one. Someone you know, maybe. Um, yeah, we do. We have like two in the works already. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we had we yeah. Like I said, we're going to be working hard this summer because we we've had a few people reach out and uh, ask us to do something with uh, with the stories they provided. So we're going to do that. But in the meantime. I think we're going to segue right over into our top five. Yeah, there's a lot of um, good media out across all the platforms right now. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, a lot of people have these already. So I figured we can just recommend a couple uh, sure. across the platforms. And, sure. Yeah. Mine kind of range from, you know, um, HBO to Netflix to all over the place. But you know what? Let's just get into it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start? How do you want to do this? Uh, let's do our fives. Let's, okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't know, because like, I think we have a little... Eh, fuck it. Let's go with our fives. What's your, what's your five? Okay. Number five for me was The Staircase. The case of uh, novelist Michael Peterson, where he finds his wife dead at the bottom of a staircase in his illustrious home and claims that she fell... He makes the 911 call to police, and um, from there, it uh, takes you on a, a forensic trip into um, the unknown, because uh, Michael is ends up becoming suspect number one, mm-hmm. and in, introducing, once again, uh, Dr. Henry Lee is a major part of this case. Yeah, we, we discussed him... Uh, during the the wood chipper murder the wood was chipper it murder yeah. yeah and i think you you uh, mentioned this case on that episode so that's cool i did and yeah he's he's a prominent figure so he'll pop up all over the place we cover if we cover oj and um i believe he's involved with uh the john benet ramsey case and so cool. i could be wrong there but anyway i digress uh number five for me was yes uh the staircase it was um you really want to, uh, you really feel for Michael Peterson. And then um, about halfway in, I think it's a six-part or eight-part series. Mm-hmm. But about middle of the series, you start to see some intricacies in Michael Peterson's personality that kind of lead you to believe that he definitely could have done this how is that revealed you said it's like a documentary style kind of oh yeah it's, it's almost, a documentary series it's almost shot as if it were there's a lot of home footage because um real home footage yeah i i know one of i believe it's one of his daughters uh was was just into filming the family okay so and uh, uh, that's getting more and more common the fact that we, we just have footage of things we've already ex- explored that on our podcast this happened in 2001 and there was uh, the documentary originally came out in 2004 and then 2018 <clears throat> it was re-released on netflix but uh yeah i like that one it's a, a lot of twists and turns uh the forensic analysis on both sides of the defense and the prosecution that's the stuff I really like, the, the courtroom drama when it comes to forensics. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
How about you? What'd you have on? So for me, I put down Encounters with Evil. This is a this is a series on Netflix. It's a UK series. Yeah. So, uh, it the way it's kind of presented, it's a documentary style series, docu series, um, and it kind of covers groups of cases. So it kind of covers like large swaths. Like they have an episode that covers like cannibals. So they'll. Oh, cover, okay. So it's it, not one particular case. Yeah. Not no. Not for yeah. Every episode kind of covers different. Uh, kinds of cases and uh, so like in that cannibal one they uh, they'll talk about Jeffrey Dahmer and talked about uh, mass shooters and uh, you know all kinds of things like that they explore probably a a couple cases that our listeners may not have heard of because it's a UK series so they talk a lot of I'll have to check it out myself because I've I've seen it but I've always passed over it yeah so I mean it's my five. It's it's okay. Um, I'm not personally a big fan of my of the of the documentary series as they are. Like I think we're gonna go over this as we go down my list. I have a little bit more of a, a cinematic lean. Yeah, that's toward, interesting because I I lean towards the documentary style. Yeah, there's cases for both, and I think that's why it's a. You know, I think. Um, Fans of this enjoy both. I mean, because I I certainly enjoy that, and you you don't hate this stuff either. So no, no. So number four, I have uh, the keepers. It's unsolved murder of Baltimore nun Sister Kathy Sesnick, who suspected a priest at the high school she worked at of uh, sexual abuse and a subsequent cover up. Okay. Um. Now, it's interesting because the investigators in this case who who really dig their heels in and uh, go deep are not just the police, but former students. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sister Kathy was a teacher at Archbishop Kehoe in Baltimore, I think that's the name. And um, her students were uh, really close with her. She was very approachable, you know, just easy to talk to okay. when it came to... Any, any topic, mm-hmm. uh, students felt very comfortable in going to her. And one student, I believe, uh, tells Sister Kathy that Father Maskell is making some inappropriate... Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. And But it's covered up. It's covered up by, um, you know, the church. The church, and, yeah. Okay. And Sister Kathy has some idea. This is the when did this take I, I don't place? want to give it all away. When did this take place? The the documentary? Yeah. It was released in twenty seventeen. Okay. Yeah. Uh the murder happened I think in the seventies. Okay. I have to I'd have to go back and, and look at the dates again. Oy. But so I wasn't was just, really researching uh, the cases sucks. in particular. I, I was just researching gathering my list that's why i enjoyed those particular films so what'd you have for number four was it a documentary or no this one was a movie and it was a recent one let me look up the full name because i didn't write it down i only wrote extremely wicked oh (laughs) extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile yeah you you gave it away with extremely i think that's how it's referred to (laughs) yeah well extremely wicked yeah i can't say it's it 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 is ridiculously long. They have a couple of those uh, law. Just they've a couple titles with really long names on Netflix. There's one like called "I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore." There's another one called "There's Something Wrong with Anti Anne." Yeah, it's just, that's actually a very good 
documentary, yeah, but the so name itself is is ridiculously yeah, long. Yeah. The uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this one it's it's about Ted Bundy. Um, Zach Efron. I, yeah, Zach Efron. I think a lot of people are already pretty familiar with it. Yeah, he uh, did a good job. Yeah, I was impressed, and um, I think uh, we kind of went over this even before we started recording. I guess I'm kind. I I had very cursory knowledge of Ted Bundy. You know, I, I a little bit more ever since we started. He knew who he was. I knew who he was, and I knew basically what he did. Right. But I didn't know, and I think there's an episode where we go over it. You you talk about how he maintained his innocence, like up until oh, up until the, the end, whole thing, and I I was like, yeah. what? No way! Like I didn't even know that much. Yeah. So I know you're going to talk about another Ted Bundy one uh, in a little bit. So I'm not going to go get into that. But I think it's very good tandem viewing because what this is, it's a much more cinematic telling. It's obviously a little more of a fictional tale. And it follows that delusion of innocence. So You're absolutely right about that. And I come from a different school of thought than you do. I'm not coming in. I, I love that movie. I, it was a very well done. And it, it. I think you mentioned before, it didn't exploit any kind of violence no. in terms of the victims. Yeah, I come at it with a little bit more knowledge about Bundy. And I found myself asking why do i feel bad for him yeah in it, this watching this film yeah i think that's and i think at sorry. one point i actually said out loud that very question why am i feeling bad for him mm. like i know this guy what what he did i listened to those confessions i've heard the yeah I, I, i've heard in his voice what he did and Oh my God, I'm sitting here feeling bad for him. Why? And I just realized that's what they want. They want you to see through that delusion of innocence, like you mentioned. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying is Ted Bunny's delusion was so strong and so convincing that the longer he spoke about it, the more other people believed it. And that's the absolute danger of a psychopath, like yeah. the one that, because they can just manipulate like that. But anyway, that's the power of this film, I think, because when it presents it to you in a cinematic touch in a way that you know it's kind of unreal, because right. you know that you're watching actors and things like that, and it's only showing you what it wants to show you, it it presses that button in the viewer's mind, like, man, this whole thing is a circus. Like, yeah. But then you know, you know, he's not innocent. So it's kind of it's just an interesting. Uh, interesting viewing especially when you watch something else on netflix which we'll get to shortly <laughs> so uh where are we at with number three for number three i settled on evil genius the story of america's most diabolical bank heist yeah um i, I don't like the docu series a lot of times but the ones i do like are the ones that are about crazy freaking cases this like, one was I, pure insanity yeah i i because netflix keeps doing these things where they're releasing so many gradients of like true crime to the point where you have Amer what is it american vandal where it's like a high school yeah he drew, dick, he drew on dick on it but it's so presented in like such a I, dramatic me for right. a minute so when my girlfriend first told me about evil genius i thought it was like a One fake yeah because it was so outlandish of a premise i was and like what the crazy part is it happened not 
too far. I mean, it happened in Erie, PA. It's what three hours, four hours, I, five hours from Philly. I I'm not really sure, but I jumped ahead with my excitement when you brought it up. But what what is what is Evil Genius? Yeah, it happened. It's a bank heist that went down in Erie, Pennsylvania, where a man named Brian Wells walked into a bank wearing a collar around his neck, and it uh, it was actually a bomb. And a collar bomb. A collar bomb. He had to, I think he told the teller to give him his money or he slipped his note, something along those lines. But it basically opens with this guy, Brian Wells, mm -hmm. sitting on the street with state troopers surrounding him, guns drawn. and Real footage. Real footage. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's, it's legit. And uh, the protagonist, I guess you would call her in that film, Marjorie Deal, is something, something to be seen. She's a scary-looking chick. She's manipulative. She's mean. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, I had to watch it more than once to fully comprehend what was going on with the whole idea of the map and the like treasure hunt style freedom keys. Well, they, like, don't, they don't know what... Yeah, well, yeah. once you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm sure people have seen it and, and know what I'm saying. Yeah, but, for the, but we're recommending it. So, yeah, I, I so highly maybe recommend for, the, for those who, who haven't seen that, it. That was, if you haven't seen that, I highly recommend that. That's my number three is Evil Genius. So for me, uh, again, more of a cinematic bend, um, but one you're very familiar with, Mindhunter. Mm. That's probably the number one show I am waiting for right now. The season two? Yeah. Um, and the fact that they don't have a date on Netflix yet is... It's giving me anxiety. They're probably just going to drop it one day. It, from what I've read, it should be out in sometime in August. Who knows? Maybe it'll be right around the same time our new episodes drop. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Nudge, nudge. So you're going to have to help me out with the details because I forget the guy's name. But Mindhunter, um, uh, it's the telling of the the way they, they basically developed the procedure for profiling criminals. Not just the procedure, the entire behavioral sciences unit yeah. at the uh, Quantico training facility in Virginia. Yeah. So do you remember the, the guy's name behind it? Because it's based on a book John of the same. E. Douglas. Johnny Douglas. Based He's on the book of the same name. well-respected profiler. He's um, one of, he, he pretty much spearheaded the school in criminal profiling. Right. So this one. You gave me his book. Yeah. I'm, yeah. But this series, it's a, it's a full series, um, a little bit more of a narrative, and it just it follows these characters on their journey to develop this procedure. And I think the first one may have been directed by Dave Fincher or produced by it. I think most of them are. Most of them? This was his okay. jump back to TV. Yeah. He's done other things for Netflix before, too, but he usually like directs one episode and then fucks off. But... <laughs> <laughs> but no, but for this one, he, yeah, it, it it has his thumbprint all over it. It's beautifully yes. directed, beautifully shot, and just a, a 
dreary tone that is not throughout. Yeah, that it, is. It, yeah, I, mean, I love throughout. it. I love that stuff. I love that when you can feel it in in the house, in the characters' yeah. houses, in the FBI building. Right it's, it's when just... when it, when something is just shot in a way that makes you feel sick for some reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not to mention the the. Uh, criminals they encounter exactly yeah and that's just and it's just highlighted every time they they go along to interview a new killer who is based on a real person and the acting behind it is phenomenal the man that did edmund camper was yeah he was almost spot on yeah he's amazing scary he's uh he's as well as um i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut no no i was just gonna say he's on another netflix show now the um, the umbrella academy and he's also just he's just great in general i've noticed in all his things so i bravo to him as well as the man who played uh richard speck yeah he was a sick twisted piece of shit and that guy pulled it off yeah in like one scene yeah, they were, they were all pretty great. Uh, the only difference, I mean, well, the, not the only difference. The only thing uh, about things like this, these kinds of series, when it's a more of a cinematic flair, there's usually more room for creative input or what? What's the word? Liberties. Yeah, yeah a little, they take a little more liberties. Little with the li- characters, exactly. and the stories. Sometimes uh, characters are created from as like an amalgam of like a whole bunch of other real life people. Like I a, recently. Um, listened to a podcast with John Douglas as a guest and he mentioned this was after Mindhunter's release uh-huh. he mentioned the Wendy character yeah is a composite of yep. three three individuals it's almost always the female lead in these characters it's it's sorry to say but it's almost always a, 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 a creation of multiple characters like I know in Chernobyl the, the female lead in that is I like I love that show right now yes. that's on tonight isn't it I think so so yeah the female scientist who, who the physicist who just knows what to do and has the iodine pills yeah. she's yeah. like a hundred different people like it's it was a, yeah. very, it was yeah. a very complex situation sure. sure so that's the only caveat to watching these things is you don't really get the full full story well, you don't get the truest you don't get the possible. truest form of the story because you have to progress with yeah, the story yeah. in some form but if keep it, the audience right. in line but if it's told right you get kind of like an emotional core that i don't think you you can really get through like a documentary which is my personal opinion yeah if it's done right yeah like you said yeah yeah so uh on to the twos number twos you you go first. Okay, we'll just time. yeah, we'll just rolling off a of Mindhunter Zodiac, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, also directed by Dave Fincher. That's uh, probably why. Yeah, I just like David Fincher he, and don't know it. He yeah, I mean he's yeah he is really good. Um, even the fictional stories Fight Club and the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo are like I've never seen that. Yeah, it's it's oh, it goes Fight on Club. a bit long. And I can probably say the same thing about Zodiac. It goes on a bit long. Yeah, that's like a two and a half hour yeah, movie. Yeah, and Zodiac is mostly a mystery movie. It's a it's a full-on film. It came out in theaters. I don't know if people remember it. I hated it when it came out because I was bored to death. Yeah. And, uh, and then I rewatched it. I'm like, oh, my God, I love this movie. Yeah, I can um, watch that movie. I, that's something I can just put on right in the middle it's, and it's, totally disrespect the shit out of it and watch it from whatever point yeah, I want. Yeah, you just get sucked in because each scene is, is actually amazing and I just totally missed that on that on my first watch. But again, I got ahead of myself. It's just the story of, of the Zodiac Killer who who 
had the string of what in San Francisco in the 1970s late 60s well I think the first confirmed Zodiac murder was 64 yeah so it's a to this day an unsolved mystery a couple murders a couple uh, what what do they call them ciphers sent into the police and there are the, new, the, the newspapers or San Francisco Chronicle the, yeah uh, there's a few papers but going off of that film they their uh, main focus is in San Francisco yeah and it's the Chronicle the San Francisco Police Department and the mystery behind it basically yeah. just kind of the press and the police kind of running around um, and uh, what's um, Mark Ruffalo's character's name uh, Tofsky I think Dave so. Tofsky I forget the he was an actual yeah officer on the case and I think Robert Downey Jr.'s character was Paul Stein. Yeah, yeah. he is an actual. Yeah, same was, thing. Most, he was a writer for the for the paper. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Again, Fincher gets it mostly right. You get the, you get most of the story correct. Right. And Zodiac, and it just has some scenes that not only are they thick with tension, but the violent scenes are realistic in an undramatic way. That is just so brutal and gruesome because it's. It's, it's not gory. It's not gory, but it's it's probably not too far off from reality, and it's just right. frightening when it's just presented in a matter-of-fact, here's what happened. That one scene at yep. the lake. The lake scene. That's Oof. brutal. That girl's screaming, it's... and she's getting stabbed multiple <laughs> times. But like you said, it's done well. It's not over the top. No, it's there's no gory. there's no musical it's... stings. There's, there's no... Yeah. It's not... I don't like the way music is supposed to dictate feeling exactly when it comes like to the, film. and it, it happens a lot it's it, I an mean, easy way again, to manipulate it one off. of those things if yeah. it's done right then it works exactly but. which is why it doesn't sit well with me when it's in like a documentary because it's like the presentation of a documentary feels more formal like here's the facts here here's how it went down so when i have the dramatic violins going like you know like whoa what what's going on here yeah like i just i don't like that leading stuff unless it's packaged more like this that's right. that's my number two my number two was hbo's the jinx the jinx the I... life and death of robert durst this one covers the unsolved 1984 disappearance of kathy durst the wife of the affluent real estate heir robert also the murder of his friend, Susan Berman, and roommate, or I'm sorry, not roommate, neighbor, Morris Black. This is just a really interesting look at a uh, strange character. Yeah, I, I, yeah. just going off of what I said over uh, Evil Genius, it's just a very interesting case. Yeah, and uh, the director, Andrew Jarecki, I think his name is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw a film called... All Good Things. I did not. It has uh, Ryan Gosling and, oh God, somebody's screaming at me right now. I can't remember the female lead. It's based on this this story. Okay. That's a good one if you want to check out the, the fictional of, account of the jinx. But Robert Durst himself is this rich real estate heir. He's kind of on the outs of his family. His brother kind of pushed him to the side as mm. his mother died. He, he witnesses his mother kill herself at a young age. And um, from that point, you can just see that Robert is a little 
strange and throughout the the film he does very questionable things and he ends up actually confessing on on tape yeah and, I, it's uh, uh, I was gonna say not only is it an amazing do- documentary but the ending is downright historical yeah yeah <laughs> and then it adds rewatchability too yeah definitely is that yeah. the closing that's the closer right it, yeah, it closes spoiled shit out of it for anybody who hasn't seen it but it's it's worth a watch it's you you won't even see it coming <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you won't you won't see it coming well, until it happens um, yeah it's, it's a, not it's not some big reveal it's it's very that's, subtle that's and, really why the documentary is known to be honest it's because yeah, that yeah, it, it, like literally the the day before it was released like that or yeah it all yeah. it all came to light that's how i found out about it was like oh it's the one where the guy confessed by accident yeah so i mean yeah spoiler but not spoiler but also it, it was 2015 so if you haven't caught up in four years that's true yeah you know, that's true step your game up <laughs> here's a recommendation for what you haven't seen by the way if you haven't seen it you're a piece of shit fuck you <laughs> here's spoilers i mean how many people were uh complaining about spoilers for endgame uh you had like 24 hours to see that before somebody spoiled it <laughs> yeah no they had like a clock they were, like the director was like monday yeah. It like, is all okay on Monday. It's like the people walking out and the people walking in were like, whoa, that was fucking great when that happened and ruined it for, for the people walking in. Yeah. Anyway, but, yeah. again, I digress. That was a good movie. I just found it very strange when in the very middle of the movie, Captain America just started filleting Iron Man for like 20 minutes, like point blank, and it wouldn't cut away. It was just an odd choice. I just didn't agree with the style. But, you know, those movies I don't think are made for me. Um, anyway, this isn't that kind of podcast. So <laughs> what, what, uh, what's your number one? My number one was the Ted Bundy tapes. What? Yeah, big surprise, Ted Bundy. Well, what, let, listen, listen. The guy was a complete psychopath. No, right? I... And I, they got it all on tape. So you can't deny that. No. I... I'm fascinated by him. I uh, I also wrote down the Ted Bunny tapes before I consolidated it all into a list because, again, paired with Extremely Wicked, it kind of makes for interesting viewing. Definitely. And I think coming in it, looking at it like, like you did, mm-hmm. if you watch the fictional account and then go and... Get the full re- story, yeah. Research the full story, it will totally inflate the effect really yeah. extremely wickle w- extremely wicked wickle extremely wicker <laughs> <laughs> a much different show no i i don't think it's you're wrong for having it uh, as him as number one or no, ha- having that no. series as number one I know i'm not wrong so that's a, another docuseries it's only four parts i think and it f- it's only four parts it but it flies it packs a lot in yeah and it flies like the whole thing feels like one solid documentary oh yeah um it's got a hundred hours of interviews and archival footage all the way up until that January 22nd, 1989 confession where he does admit to killing at least 30, yeah. including the uh, location of his one victim's head. Yeah, when he drops the facade. Yeah. yeah. All the 1980 death row tapes, like I said, archival news footage, um, interviews with Bundy himself from when he was a free man. And yeah, um, working for the Republican Party, it's interesting. It, it yeah, yeah, it's 
uh, yeah, you're not wrong for having it. I was going to say because Ted Bundy as a figure, it. I mean, you don't want it, to. It's it sucks. Like because that would like he would love to just hear it like I, this. But the I'm fact is that he in his God. I I guess I'm just interested in. His he's brain. the American serial killer, and his his case kind of resonated throughout American culture, like and. I mean, and some of the people we already looked at, like, looked up to him. Like, the, his yeah. presence is is continued to be felt to this day. Um, yeah, he's like, uh, if you don't have a face for Jack the Ripper, he is. Yeah, you know, pretty much. And, um, I mean, God, why did that go on for so long? They for had, so long. As, I mean, he was, was, was just an affluent-looking, or an affluent... Uh, well-spoken white dude that's but he wasn't a, he didn't have money no not a, yeah not affluent I mean, he I was just, just uh, slick yeah you know, he was, yeah, he was well-spoken he was smart and, and white that's well, I, yeah that's yeah. such a huge i mean factor it it, yeah, it is it, if, unfortunately if, if it was leonard christopher he wouldn't have uh had a nationwide tour from court to court going well god damn it i don't know i don't know what's going on here this is very strange i'm just yeah. scratching my head all these women are dead yeah like yeah. he didn't get that mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the it shame happened. of the justice it happened yeah, yeah that's the point and then it's these things continue to no but his back presence then, is felt back then it was like oh it couldn't possibly be this law student this good-looking yeah. young white man this we, couldn't be pie he couldn't commit these atrocities we, yeah we laugh at that now but that's literally what society was uh, right that's how people thought yeah it, it, people like him don't do things like and, that and ever. kemper like you know kemper got away with crap because again he because yeah. just he because he was Great a well example. he was just a well-spoken dude well-spoken white guy yeah and so he could just pick up girls and manipulate them turns to the, out most white guys are the serial killers. Yeah. We got a lot of anger. <laughs> For some reason. I don't know. <laughs> it's, the, it's this awful cycle of violence of men versus women, men, women versus men. It is. It truly is. <laughs> Not to get that philosophical, but like, my God, like men are just awful to women. But then a couple, just a couple shitty mothers... Like peppered throughout society, just really, really shitty mothers like spawn these demons. I have uh, my number. Do you want to have anything more to say about the Ted Bundy tapes? Well, I mean, they—you just have to watch them. You have to watch it. Yeah, I—I th I th wonder if my number one will just betray the nature of true crime. But uh, oh well, yeah, we didn't do your number one. Sorry. I, no, it's fine. That's still—it's my recommendation, and I just placed it on number one just because I enjoyed it the most. Okay. Most at least most recently, it's the Clove Hitch Killer. I've so, never heard of this. Yes. Um, I've recommended it to a, a few people who also like true crime things, and th you know, just people with interests along these lines, and they all loved it too. Um, it's a completely fictional story, so again, it kind of betrays the true crime nature. But it's um, it's one that is presented in a in a in a way that is similar to Zodiac, so it's it feels very real. Okay. And the fact that it's not real personally, I can kind of like enjoy it a little more, like just okay. a teensy little bit more. Like I like I'm okay yeah, with you can like suspend your yeah, beliefs like, and yeah, I'm okay with just 
bad things happening basically yeah. like you know it's not it's a real movie exactly it's not, yeah. not, it's let's just say i'm a really fan of, i'm a fan of role play no there no. you go <laughs> um no but it's a great movie it's on hulu right now uh it's i'll watch it tonight in a nutshell it's a, a story about a kid who believes his dad to be a serial killer and mm. just it it hits all the right marks in like what you want out of a movie like this and if you're a fan of true crime or serial killers, it also hits all those notes without like beating you over the head. Like, right. oh, here's the part where he does something, you know, something like that. Like, it's just kind of you don't see these things coming, and it's just really great. I loved it. Okay, the Clove Hitch Killer. Yes, I'm gonna check it out tonight. I got nothing better to do. Okay, um, I have a few honorable mentions. Um, yeah, go for it. I think. Uh, I really liked the Making a Murderer series. Yeah, I missed that one entirely. Yeah, I mean, check it out. I, it's worth mentioning. Um, I didn't put it in my top five only because uh, part one or season one, I don't know how it's referred to, but the first Making of the Murderer. The filmmakers left a few things out which were actually resolved in part two. Mm-hmm. So that's really the only reason it didn't make my top five. Right. Otherwise, I like, probably would. Yeah, didn't I mean, like that it, format. It could have been a little bit better. They could have been a little bit more clear right. on they, a certain things. Like, like it was obvious they weren't showing their full hand with the first season. So it's like they could have just made a more complete. Well, no, that's that's just it. It, it. They didn't make it obvious that they were leaving things out. Oh, but it came out that they did, which kind of. Oh, then it's like yeah, it kind of tarnished it because it was very well done. Right, I've heard I've heard that too, but I've also heard a little mixed things after the fact. Yeah, well, but the main guy Stephen Avery, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they left out the fact that he tortured and killed a cat. That's it's a big deal. It's yeah, he was never charged with anything cruelty to animals, yeah. animals or anything. <laughs> But uh, leaving that out, I think, kind of changes the way you look at the guy. Yeah. If uh, I mean, let's not get too bogged down in the details. Just cause. No, but if you had known that in season one, you would have looked at him a little bit Absolutely. differently. Yeah, it's different. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Also, they left out the fact that eight sets of latent prints where I went unidentified from the victim's car. However... Stephen Avery's new lawyer in part two, Kathleen Zellner, he uh, tweeted not too long ago that the prince actually ruled out Stephen and his nephew, Brendan Dassey. So both of those things were kind of uh, rectified in part two, which is which is why I mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, but left it out of the top five. And also, you know, I was sticking with the documentary style and uh, I kind of swayed on uh, Mindhunter as another honorable mention because that's just a terrific phenomenally yeah. well done yours show. were much more about true crime and more uh, factual based more documentary yeah yeah so I yeah, can well, see Mindhunter not being there I did have an honorable mention myself real quick um, it used to be on Netflix but it's no longer on there and it's called The Imposter yeah, and a lot of people are familiar with yeah, this one. I'd like um, that. I was turned on to it through a, a YouTube channel called Every Frame of Painting, which is no longer active, but it was phenomenal. It was just mm, so good. Anyway, it's about the story about this uh, 
This man, Frederick Bord Bordine, this French serial imposter, this man who would just assume identities of people, and The Imposter, the documentary film, is about him impersonating the identity of a, a kid that went missing some years back. And it's, it's presented in a very unique way that just kind of made me question everything about documentaries. And that's kind of like, oh, anyway. I remember watching that, and it really creeped me out what yeah. that guy did. It, it creeped me out what he did, but then I, what he, I mean, I'm not going to go into details, but. Well, can we at least say that he assumed the identity of a family's missing child? I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> that is what he did. And. But the fact that he, he, he he's so good at it. He was so good at it and that then, they they thought he was their kid. And then I oh. thought I thought, oh, fuck, I, I don't want to like share I this, know, but like some, some because like I, out, yeah, no, I don't want to share like my experience because that spoils other people from having that experience. But like I thought that they were doing these this i thought this guy who was telling the story was just an actor kind of telling the story it's actually the the guy frederick bordine telling oh you mean the way yeah and the way he, they presented it yeah to you. so yeah. he kind of narrates the story almost like it's like a cinematic retelling but it's a documentary and the whole time he's talking directly to like he's narrating directly to the audience right and then later on in the documentary, he talks about like maybe the possibility that the family killed a kid and things like that, and they buried him, and and we're like, what? But then you remember this dude's a, a serial like he's a liar. liar. He lies about everything, yeah. and and the whole movie he's talking into like direct, staring directly into the viewer's eyes, and it's manipulative. And I was yeah. like, holy shit! <laughs> maybe I'll watch that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so good. Anyway, sp special shout out to the imposter. What is it about? I don't know. I, I, I like I like being manipulated almost. Like I yep. want to see him manipulate me. Well, you've always and you were a fan of magic too, going way back. You like the trick. It's it, is that fair to say you like uh, when somebody can yeah, pull a trick? When like, I was uh, this is just a malicious. These people are all just malicious examples of yeah. It's just it is fun to think about. When I was younger, you're right. I was into magic. I was really into uh, card magic, and a one card magician from the UK. Um, his name's Daniel Madison, but he he said something in Latin. I forget how to say it, but it basically means the world wants to be deceived, and I, I that always stuck with me. So I think was it Vinny Vidivici? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Vinny Vidivici. All right, what's next though? We got our honorable mentions out of the way. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, just a couple recommendations for uh, people who like these sorts of if things. If you're not doing anything this this summer, which I hope you are, most of these are readily available to most people. So I hope you're not crept up inside all summer watching murder documentaries but if you are and you haven't seen the really popular ones like i just listed go watch them yeah yeah we, i think we both listed some that we both of us haven't seen i so. think people are going to go more off of your list honestly because i think like mine are pretty popular documentaries right we're just honest. hitting the, the hits anyway but uh, but still 
the imposter clove hitch i think people are going to look for them yeah and i and really just for anybody because i think again a lot of these are readily available so a lot of people see them and hear about them and they probably you know but you, I, you know, if it's it's more like don't pass it up next time. You know, if yeah. you're if you're on the fence about watching Extremely Wicked and blah 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 blah, it's I'd say it's worth your time. Yeah, it's well, like, like I said, my the, the the one the first one you mentioned, I think, is your number five. The Encounters Encounters with Evil, with Evil yeah, I've, the UK series. I've been hesitant with that. Yeah, it's it's a little different. So that's I'll uh, check it. But out. it uh, Give again, it a fair shake. That's what I mean. If you're, I kind of wanted to also hit the ones that aren't always. Yeah, because Mine Hunter sure. and you know to the Ted Bundy tapes, these are definitely the ones that people are going to be pointed to immediately anyway. Right, right. So, I try to be a hipster. <laughs> uh, anything else? Stay in touch, everybody, because I certainly will be. I'll be on Twitter. I'll try to stay on the gram. I'm not be. great with pictures, but I don't maintain a social media presence. No, that's my part of the job. I am a shadow. James stays in the back and puts everything together. Nah, not everything. Not Mostly. Not Come on, take yeah, the credit yeah, when it's due. You got this one. This one's on you. All right, until next time, everybody stay safe out there because evil could be anywhere. Anywhere.